you're listening to the Pomerado Christian Church Sermon Podcast. Thank you for spending time with us today. If you're a weekly listener, welcome back. If this is your first time, we're so glad you're here and hope you consider subscribing. If you're in your car, on a run, doing things around the house, or working out, and want to connect even further and take next steps with us, visit pomerado.info. Now, enjoy this week's message. Now, uh, we're going to do just a one-off today, just a, a single sermon. It's not part of a bigger series. However, this series is what we use to close out last year called What's Next. And so we're kind of continuing that theme this year. But specifically, our focus today is going to be on, um, in the past years, we've done a celebration Sunday where we've celebrated what God has been doing. And, and we'll do part of that and some of that today. But in light of this past year and in light of the past couple of years, uh, we thought it more appropriate to Yes, celebrate, but to reflect and to have a reflection Sunday to look back on some of the things that have been good, some of the things that have been um, hard, some of the things that we're looking forward to. Because when you see the words, what's next, it could be a, like, what's next? Like when kids are wanting to open presents on Christmas morning, like, what's next? What are we going to open up next? There's also the idea of maybe for some of us after this, this season, it's just like, man, what's next? Like, what else is going to happen? What else is coming down the pipeline? What else is going to be difficult? Because many of us, I think, after 2020 being such a difficult year, had great hopes that 2021 would be better, it would be easier, it would be, you know, different in a good sense, getting back to normal. And yet for many of us, 2021 has not necessarily been that. And so... We're going to take a look at Lamentations chapter 3. We're going to, I'm going to open us in a word of prayer, and then we're going to unpack a little bit about this season, looking back in order to look forward to what's next. Father, we thank you so much for who you are, and I thank you for each person who hears my voice, whether that's live in person, live watching online, or someone listening to the podcast later God, I pray that as we are closing out this year, that we would be reminded of your faithfulness, of your love for us. And I pray that you would meet each and every one of us, wherever we are, whatever our year has looked like, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, and the ugly in some senses. Lord, I pray that we would feel your presence and that we would know your love for us. I pray that I was, as I dive into your word, that I would decrease, that you would increase, that you would speak in a personal, powerful, impactful way to each and every one of us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you're turning to Lamentations chapter 3, uh, what I want to find out is I want you to think about some of the, um, some of the stories, whether they're books, whether they're movies, uh, TV shows, whatever it may be, some of the stories that really capture imagination, capture your heart that you really love. And you think about ones where they go, often it's like the hero's journey where someone who is, is picked out and then living a seemingly normal, ordinary life, and then they get called into a great adventure. Then they're welcomed in by a guide, and they go through different trials, and they start and they stop, they fail, they get better. Um, eventually, they get to the point where they're out on their own, and they face, again, many difficult trials, and then they, they overcome what it is that they've been wanting to overcome, or they learn more about themselves, they grow, whatever it may be. And then, you know, at the end, there's that culmination, that celebration, that moment of, okay, things are better and everything has a happy ending. Now, there's many different stories, and I I wrestled with whether I should just have you all uh, mention some of your favorite stories to me, and I could try to make it work. But one, I don't know if I know them all. Two, spoilers. And then three, nobody likes spoilers. So um, just recognizing that I won't necessarily do that. But there's a quotation in... um, 
uh, in the Two Towers movie uh, from Lord of the Rings, and it's in the book as well by J.R.R. Tolkien. And what he talks about is this idea of what about those great stories and the stories where they overcome, and then he says, and then at the very end, in Return of the King, there's a line where one of the characters says, is it possible that all sad things would become untrue? Is it possible that there's a, a happy ending that goes beyond, you know, a fairy tale happy ending, but something genuinely happy again? And I think there's different stories like that that we love, that we appreciate, that are fun. And part of why those, that journey is fun is we're excited while we're reading it or watching it. And then we get to look back when things are happy again. We say, oh man, there were a lot of ups and downs. There were a lot of trials they had to face, a lot of difficulties. They overcame, we celebrate. But what happens? And we get to see it from the outside looking in. But if we put ourselves not as an observer or a, or a watcher or a reader of the story, but as characters in the story, in those moments of trials, in those moments of difficulty, in those moments of pain and heartache and failures, they're not seeing the whole picture yet. They don't get to see the end of the story when they're in the middle of it. Friends, we have been through a very difficult season as, as you know, a church, as a city, as a country, as a world. It's a difficult season. And we are characters in the middle of God's story, and we have not been able to experience the end of it yet. There's an uh, article that came out in April of this year that put a word to many of the um, emotions. It gave a, a calling to the emotion that many people had been feeling going through 2021. Because 2020 was difficult as it is, and then four months into 2021, when things weren't getting necessarily any better, there was a word and it was an article by Adam Grant in New York Times that phrases a term or coins a phrase, excuse me, that I want to share with you all. Here's what it talks about is the feeling that we had, it wasn't burnout because we still had energy. It wasn't depression. We didn't feel hopeless. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. And it turns out there's a name for that. Languishing. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield, and it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. And that was written eight months ago, and yet there are still many of us and many people who would resonate with that term today. So we think, what's next? We're in the middle of the story. We're languishing. The trials are coming. We haven't experienced the victory yet. And, and for those of us who have faith in Jesus, we know it's coming, right? We know that there's victory, but we're still in the middle of the trial. And we don't know if we're in the middle of the first trial or the 971st trial. And we don't know when any of the trials are going to end. And so when we think about what's next, friends, if I could encourage you with anything this morning, it's we don't know what's next for us yet we can trust the one who's next to us. We don't know what's next for us, but we can trust the one who's next to us. So we're going to look into a time of reflection, and we're going to go through Lamentations 3 a little bit. Now, what I want to do is I want to give you a, a guide. I like if there's an opportunity to give you some resources. So 
Um, what I'm about to do, and we could go to the next slide, there's a, sli a guide for end of year reflection by Dr. Steve Brown. Dr. Steve Brown um, is someone I've met. He leads the Arrow Leadership Program that I went through um, the be very beginning of my ministry here. Um, and he put out different um, articles and, and he's written a couple books. But he provided this guide for end of year reflection. Now I know some of you are note takers and so you're gonna, you're gonna scribble this down Excellent. I do want to let you know that we did print out some copies of the fuller version of this um, on our greeters table. And so it's four pages and it unpacks these steps more in depth. For those of you watching online, again, you, we're not leaving you out. If you go to the resources tab on the top of your screen, you'll be able to click and download the PDF that has these steps as well. So I want to make sure we're all equipped if we feel so led to enter into a, a year, end of year reflection. So the first step that Dr. Steve Brown talks about for end of your reflection is this idea of grieving. It's this idea of looking back on the things that have been difficult, that have been hard, and not just kind of a, a not a superficial, oh yeah, that was tough, and then moving on. Our culture, we have a hard time with the emotions of sadness and fear and anger. We have a hard time acknowledging that sadness, fear, and anger are very real. And they're things that, if left unprocessed um, with God, they can create uh, just a bubbling of frustration that bubbles under the surface. That for many of us, some of the reasons why we may be impatient or easily frustrated is because our whole lives are... If you picture a, a pot of water that's about to boil, our whole lives are simmering and all we need is just the slightest little increase in temperature around us in order to be boiling mad. Whereas if we start calm, then it takes a lot longer for us. So unpacking these emotions and acknowledge them is important for us. We're going to start in Lamentations 3 and we're going to specifically start in verse 19. Now, before we go to that slide, I want to give a quick background of Lamentations. Lamentations, uh, tradition shows that it was written by Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, um, one that had to give judgment and have harsh prophecies for the people um, right as the Babylonian exile was about to take place. He kept trying to call them to repentance and there were other false prophets around them that were saying, no, you're fine. Don't worry about your sin. Everything's going to be okay. And Jeremiah was steadfast and he was had some harsh words, but he's a prophet that sometimes he didn't want to have to say the things that God put on his heart, but he knew his calling and he spoke faithfully to what God had told the people. Now, with that said, the reason in, in the um, Hebrew scriptures, the way they organize it, Lamentations isn't in the order where it is now. Excuse me, it's not in the book order that it's in now. It's in a part of the writings, the Ketuvim, but here, we have it next to Jeremiah because the authorship shows that it's Jeremiah. So with that context, the first 18, 20, 18 to 20 verses of this chapter talk about how difficult things are. And in fact, the first two chapters do the same. But for the sake of time, I will jump right in to Lamentations 3, starting in verse 19. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. And that's a place where maybe some of us are. In fact, he's using, he's saying I, but he's representing the people right now. And it's saying, it's recognizing that there's been affliction. 
There's been wandering. We've gone, they've, they've gone through a season where they're wandering, they're difficult, they're struggling, they're in the trials. They don't see the end of the story yet. And yet, it doesn't say, I think about them briefly. It says, I will remember them. I hold on to thinking about the past and what we're grieving, what we're struggling with. It's acknowledging we don't just glaze it over. We don't, when someone asks, how are you doing? If we're not doing well, we go, oh, fine. Thanks, how are you? It's acknowledging that sometimes it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to say, I'm really struggling. It's okay to communicate that because God is able to handle all of our emotions. So when it comes to grieving, it's taking the moment to think about what this past year, what's been hard this past year. You know, personally, this has been a season where, um, you know, been very busy in regards to like pushing through with school. Um, this has been a season, if I, again, if I can just, it's okay to not be okay. It's been a season that has been pretty lonely um, and recognizing what it's like to try to, I've had friends at my old church that some I've kept in contact with and then people I've considered friends for over a decade just stop texting me back. And you think, oh, were we not, were we not friends or did that season just end? But just grieving the loss of friendships of people that I'd known for over a decade, people I worked with every single day. It's acknowledging that the grieving of the changing of friendships over this season when maybe people don't agree with people or decisions that you make and they get upset and they end up leaving the church or they end up just grieving that those relationships have changed. Maybe it's the people that we grieve that have lost loved ones and we grieve with those who mourn and mourn with those who mourn, excuse me. Maybe it's the people that are loving, committed members of our church that have moved away, and we just miss their friendships. We miss seeing them around, and they didn't leave for any negative reason, but God called them to another place. And it's okay to acknowledge that's, that's just a few for, for me as a and church and things like that. And then I've had some extended family dynamics that have been really difficult this year, and, and I don't come up and share those all the time, but... Those are some of the things that have been going on behind the scenes. And one of the darkest, if most difficult seasons of, of my walk with God was when we, you know, if you, coincidentally, but I don't believe in coincidences, is when we were talking through Habakkuk several months ago in a series called When God Doesn't. And it spoke directly. At, God was teaching me more than anything I could have taught you. But God was walking, me in, walking with me in that journey and grieving those things. What, friends, what are the things that have been hard for you this year? What have been a struggle that you did not expect? What's a, what's a hurt, a habit, a hang-up that has reared its ugly, ugly head this past year? What are things that we look back on and say, oh, I really thought it was going to be different by December 26, 2021. And yet here I am, languishing. The first step is, is grieving and taking time to sit in that because the tendency, again, would be to not just remember those things, the afflictions and our wanderings. It's just, it's just skip by them and say, oh yeah, no, that was hard and that's, let's keep going. But letting God work in and bring healing and filling in the cracks of our hearts and souls when it comes to those difficult conversations, those difficult moments. Because our tendency will, go, will be to go to number two too quickly, which is celebrating. We'll, we'll go so fast to the next one because we don't want to deal with the hard emotion 
that we often will say, okay, well, let's just, let's just celebrate what God has done. So I told you, we'll do some celebrating together today. But here's what it talks about as we continue, you know, verses 19 and 20 are talking about, I remember my affliction. I remember the bitterness. I remember the gall. My soul is downcast within me which echoes so much of the book of Lamentations. And yet right here in the middle section of this book comes a set of verses that many of us know and that are very impactful for us. Verse 21 says this, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Now we'll stay on this slide. Let's keep the slide up for a few moments because there's a couple of things I need to, I think would help us in our, the gravity of this section. First thing, if you were to look at Lamentations 1, if you have your Bibles open and looking at Lamentations 1, how many verses are in Lamentations 1 if you took a quick look there? Lamentations 1 has how many verses? 22. Excellent. Go ahead and flip the page. How many verses are in Lamentations 2? 22. How many verses are in Lamentations 4? I'll explain why I'm skipping 3 for a moment. Lamentations 4 has 22. Lamentations 5 has 22. So the number 22 doesn't, may not mean a lot to us, just, you know, off the top of our heads. If I were to say, hey, I wrote something in English, and every, every chapter I had had 26 lines or 26 pages, what would that signify to us? The alphabet, right? It's recognized that the number 26 automatically, oh, okay, A through Z. So what Lamentations is, is that through Lamentations 1, 2, and 4, Every verse starts with a different letter of the alphabet, starting with Aleph, and then Bet, and then Gimel, and then Dalit, all the way down. Now, Lamentations 5 also has 22 verses, but it's not necessarily an acrostic like that. And then we hit Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3 doesn't have 22 verses. How many verses does it have? 66, exactly. So 22 times 3. So what it is is that each, there's three, there's uh, not couplets, but triplets, if you will. Each section, if you look at your Bible, many Bibles would separate them out to show that these three verses all start with a certain letter. So the first three verses of Lamentations 3 are Aleph. The next three would be from Bet. The next three would be from Gimel. The next three, Dalit, all the way down. So the number 22 is really important because of the Bible. And the fact that there's a repetition in Lamentations 3 of not just one time it's all the beginning letter of the alphabet is starting each verse. It's three lines, three verses that all start like that. Because when you're trying to make a point of something, you repeat it. When you're trying to make a point of something, you repeat it. And when you're trying to make a point of something, you repeat it. What's the point of what we're trying to say here? If 22 is an important verse, or it's an important number in the Hebrew alphabet, it explains, you know, it's each letter there. And there's 22 verses in, the fir- in four of the five chapters. And then the central chapter, Lamentations 3, emphasizes these more. Let's look at what verse 22 says 
in Lamentations 3. It's the center of the passage. It's, or excuse me, it's the center of the chapter of the book. And it's the number that stands out to us based on 22. And it says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. Now, just because I, I took Hebrew recently, and so um, I feel like I need to like justify that in some sense. Um, uh, I wrote a paper about uh, the word that's the word here for the, his great love. His great love is um, a word that can be translated as faithfulness, loyalty, his covenant promises to us. And it's the word chesed. And I learned taking Hebrew that not just every like Hebrew letter has to have the ch, but this one does. And so it's chesed. And so when you look at verse 22, it starts with a ch. And so that's the first letter here. So when you start off verse 22, I know this is a lot, but bear with me. The central verse of the central passage of Lamentations starts with the word chesed, which means his faithful love. The central message of this book is that we can grieve. We do struggle. We do have bitterness. We do have gall. We do have affliction. We do have difficult times. We don't necessarily see the end of the story while we're in it, but God, as the author of our story, knows the beginning, middle, and end. And his faithfulness, his love, his chesed, his loyalty is so great that it never cuts us off. Or one of the other translations for this verse says that they never, like they never end. His great love for us never ends. Why do I bring this up? Because even though this has been a hard year for me, and even though I imagine it's been a hard year for many of you, because of his great love, we are not consumed. Because of his chesed, his loyalty, his faithfulness, the, the whole writing of Lamentations points us to this verse. His compassions never fail. So whereas we're grieving in some ways, and we've had a hard time in some ways, and um, I figured I wouldn't show pictures of people or things that were hard this year. That wouldn't be very kind. But I will show you things, pictures of things that have been really exciting for our family this year. So I know we already mentioned this, but... Um, if you were with us on Christmas Eve service, uh, but we, have, we got our dog Ember in February of this year. Uh, this picture is today's his actual birthday. Um, so he has a, a birthday bark day bandana. Um, and then a few months later, we got to celebrate Elise graduating from kindergarten. And so we have a picture of that. These are not in level of importance. I'm just saying these are all things chronologically that have happened. Um, and then right after that, uh, just a short while after, a couple days after Elise's graduation, I had the absolute honor to baptize Shaylin, um, our oldest daughter here. Um, and the Issaquilians got baptized as well. And then as you all know, uh, just a couple weeks ago, or a week and a half ago rather, um, I was able to graduate from Hope International. So there have been some really awesome things that God has done in our family this year as well. And sometimes what's hard is that we live in the balance of grieving and celebrating. Things are both hard and God has been faithful. And those are not mutually exclusive. It's often that God has been faithful to us and with us during the difficulties. But recognizing that we celebrate together. Now, another thing that was a, a moment of sadness in some ways for us is, um, you know, we got to we had the honor to be able to celebrate and send out Dan Goodham as he left uh, in July. And we ordained him, and it was, it was a great time. 
And that's hard. You know, it's, it's sad to see uh, someone who's been part of our church for five years and done a great job in our ministry head out. And he's doing great over there. But you know what, how I see God's faithfulness is that so clearly, out of all the timing it could have been, a month before Dan left, we had Thomas Gray and his family come. And recognizing how exciting that is to know that God knew, God was faithful to know that, yes, some people leave, but while people are leaving and going where God's called them, we have new people coming in that are filling the exact roles, and the Gray family has been such a blessing to our church. It's recognizing that, yes, there's loss, and we acknowledge that. But we can't get so caught up in our bitterness and our gall and our affliction that we get so caught up to forget to see how God has been moving. So we may ask ourselves, you know, what's been hard this year? We can also ask ourselves, how have we seen God move this year in our lives, in our church, in our families, in our city, in our country, in our world? What are things God has been doing that if we can not just focus on the hardships, yes, pray through them, but also see what he's doing that's great. The third one that we see here for the guide of your reflection, we've already talked about grieving, sitting in that and resting in that and wrestling with that and processing with that through God, through prayer with God, celebrating, number two, and acknowledging those things. And then number three is entrusting. And this, friends, may be the hardest one because there are things that we are struggling with right now that we are scrambling to try to control. We are trying our best to make things work a certain way, whether it's a job situation, something with our kids or our grandkids, something that's going on at, at school if you're in school. So whatever it is, we might be trying and struggling to make something work. And we can try, but no matter how hard we try, the best we can do pales in comparison to the best that God can do. If we, were, if we are to entrust in him or trust these things to him, we'll be able to see how he works, works is far better than what we could ever do. So verse th uh, Lamentations 3, verse 25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Remember when I said when you want to make a point, you repeat something? The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord, or excuse me, to the one who seeks him. And then in verse 26, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now we often have, and we've talked about this before, if you've been with us for a while, we've talked about how hope, we, we, we use hope very, um, in a very light sense here, not here in the church, but in our world. It's like, oh man, I hope we have tacos tonight. Like that's like, valid, like, that's fine, but that's a very small view of hope. We use hope often as wishful thinking. Man, I, I hope that you are having a good day, or I hope that things are... Hope, my friends, when it's in Christ, is not wishful thinking. Hope is a prayerful trusting. To recognize that we don't know what we don't know, but we do know who we know. It's recognized that we don't know what's next for us, but we can trust the one who's next to us. It's recognizing that we don't need to have all the answers, but we can entrust things into God's care. So as we're entering into this new year, it's, it's trusting that God will bring 
throughout during this year, the right youth pastor for our church. I would have loved for that to have been like a, an immediate, oh, there's the answer. But when we get quick and easy answers, that doesn't necessarily grow our faith. Our faith often grows in the wrestling, in the middle, in the trials. And then when we're in the middle of the story, it's only when we can look back and say, do you remember how God met us here? Do you remember how God spoke to us here? Do you remember how God brought us through this? And it's at the end of the story that we can see how present God was in the midst of the story. We could be languishing right now, friends. And that's okay to not be okay. But we don't want to stay in a place forever where we place our faith in our languishing rather than in our Lord. So sit in this and rest and reflect and wrestle and God has been doing some really great things in our lives, in our church, bringing new families where others have left. Just God's kingdom is far bigger than our church, and we get to experience and celebrate new families coming in and new people serving and finding ways to get connected. We get to revisit friends and being able to stand up here two nights ago at the end of the Christmas Eve service and to be able to recognize as a year ago that there were 12 of us in here putting on an online service because the weather got crazy to be able to sing a room full, filled with people with the, crisp, uh, with the candles again was, was beautiful it was a moment to celebrate and the same God that could bring us through this year is the same God that we can entrust with our next year and it's the same God that we know is the same yesterday, today and forever, it's not like he's changed but he's the one in the midst of our story who comes alongside us. And friends, if 22 is the, the core verse and idea in the book of Lamentations, wouldn't it be great if Lamentations 322 became our core verse in 2022? Because of his great love, his compassions never cease. And then remembering that great is his faithfulness. So friends, just with the last few moments, again, some of you may not have an opportunity to take the, the notes there. Um, they're welcome to you. They have several more questions on that resource that I have at the Welcome Center and at the resources link if you're watching online. Um, but if you don't do that and you just have a couple of, uh, if you just have time for one or two questions, I'm going to put these questions up and each of these relate to one of the sections. So if grieving, one question you can ask, what's been hard this year? Write it down. Pray about it. Give it to God and say, God, this has been tough. This is not what I expected. This is not what I hoped for. This is not what I was looking forward to 2021 being different. And if it was any different, it was different and not in a good way. Or you've lost relationships, lost loved ones. What's been hard this year? Number two, when it comes to celebrating, you can ask yourself, how have you seen God work? You know, I could look and say, man, 22, or excuse me, 2021 was really tough, but then I think about a dog, which can still make things tough. That's okay. Um, a dog, my dog, my youngest daughter graduating from kindergarten, oldest daughter getting baptized, and me being able to finish school, grad school. Those are things to celebrate, and that's awesome. And God is in the midst of both the languishing and the celebrating. Number three, when it comes to entrusting, what emotional, mental, or practical burdens are you carrying into this new year? It could be a financial burden of thinking, I don't know how we're going to make ends meet. 
It could be a relational burden of saying, I don't know how to come alongside my kids or my grandkids. It could be emotional, just feeling shame or guilt or heartache. It could be so many different things that we think sometimes that if we hold on to that, that we can fix it. But in reality, when we hold on to things that we ought to give to God and surrender, it ends up being a burden that was not ours to carry. That Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavily laden. Those of you who are burdened, or if I may paraphrase for a moment, come to me, all you who are languishing. For I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. Come and learn from me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. The yoke means there's still a yoke on us, but he carries it in a way that puts the burden off of us. So I hope and I pray that as we close this year, we have the opportunity to look back and to grieve what needs to be grieved, celebrate what ought to be celebrated, and then to entrust whatever we're struggling with to God, knowing that we don't know what's next, but we can trust the one who's next to us because of his chesed, his great faithful love, his loyal love, his love that never ends. We can sing that great is his faithfulness. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for each person that hears my voice again, whether live in person, live online, or listening later. God, I don't know what everyone who hears me now is wrestling with. I don't know all the things they're grieving, but you do. I don't know all the things that they're celebrating, but you do. I don't know all the things they need to entrust to you, but you do. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to look into your word and to recognize that grieving is okay and that celebrating your love and your compassions is wonderful and entrusting to you and putting our hope in you that we're not just wishfully thinking things will be better, but we have faithful trusting, a prayerful trusting that you will carry us through. And in the same way that we can look back on times in our lives when you've carried us through difficulty, and say, you were there the whole time. We may be in the middle of our story now and languishing, but we know that you are with us. Your victory is assured. And God, we know that we don't know how the end of the story will come about, but we know the end of the story comes with a happy ending of eternity with you for all whose hope is in you. So Father, thank you for who you are. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We want to be a church where people are changed by God to change the world. If you want to partner with us in this way, you can start by doing these two things. The first, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, you can do that by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening so you can stay connected with us and we can broaden our reach. And the second, and this might be the most important thing you do, share this message with someone you know. And as always, remember, you are prayed for, cared for, and loved. See you next time.